Check one, two, one, two. Is this thing working? You're listening to Rabbi Ariel Scholklapper, the wisdom and tools you need to thrive. Hi, Rabbi Ariel here. We'll jump into step 11. Again, we're in the maintenance steps now, 10, 11, 12 are the steps that we do on an ongoing regular basis. Step 11 is one that I end up working a lot with people on -on one-on-one. It's kind of when you get to the point that you realize that you must, you need a little bit of professional help or you could use some coaching, some guidance to be able to really solidify these steps, the process, all the learning, the knowledge you have, but actually actualize it in your life more clearly so that you can get more relief than you could on your own or with the only program. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood God, praying only for knowledge of God's will for us and the power to carry that out. So I think we've got 17 quotes in this step, which I'm excited about because this one is so critical for the ongoing contact. I think all of us really want to feel connected and at home with our higher power. I think that would feel so good to so many of us. And the higher power conversation is so fraught with God as a four letter word, right? Like that's unfortunately what it's come to because of the way that religion and not the best individuals have perverted that word. But the good news is that we can actually make conscious contact with God as we understand God and not in any way that we've been told before. So that's a cool opportunity to explore. So let's jump in. Quote number one, going with the flow doesn't mean we don't rock the boat. It means we finally can. Unquote. I love that right? Like, yes, God's got your back. It means that you can finally listen to the intuition and the gut feelings that you've had all along, start to learn how to trust those and how to act on those. It's subtle. It can be very subtle to figure out what is actually going on. And I think I love this concept. It reminds me of Ram Das who's a spiritual teacher of blessed memory. And he used to say, my commitment is to truth, not consistency. I love that quote because it means that we have to keep listening to what is true for us. And if that changes, our commitment is to the truth of how we're feeling, not being consistent. Just because we were one way doesn't mean we will continue to be that way. That's the beauty. That's the freedom that comes in this process of actually paying attention to what our higher power is asking of us. It may be confusing to other people, but that's not who we're trying to please. We're working on our own authentic self so that we don't get ourselves into situations that leave us feeling like we end up needing to, wanting to, use, be codependent, be controlling, manipulative. Quote number two, there are times to surrender, times to let go, times to give in. There are times to wait and times to take action. There are times to be gentle and nurturing, times to give 
and times to receive. There are times to speak up, own our power, and take care of ourselves. By working this step, we'll know what time it is, unquote. That's what we're doing here, is taking the next right step. That's it. Don't need to have it all figured out. Just pay attention and ask yourself, can I do the best I know how for the next minute at a time? And I think sometimes it's one breath, actually, not even a minute. Can I just breathe for one breath? Just this moment when the things get rough. I remember actually getting through a meditation retreat. My first meditation retreat, I remember it was 2011. And I remember there was a moment where literally, I don't know, it was maybe five minutes into a 30 minute or 40 minute sit. And I was, I felt like I was gonna lose my mind. I just didn't know how I was gonna make it through. And I just told myself one breath, just one breath and one breath. And eventually I actually sunk in and was able to enjoy. And when we do life like this, one breath, one minute, one day at a time, we let it add up. The change can be miraculous. Quote number three, praying is talking to God. A prayer can be a word or a thought. It can be an expression of joy or sorrow. A prayer can be a letter to God or it can be a traditional prayer, unquote. There's no rule book on how to pray. There really isn't. All we've got to do is do it. We're going to talk a lot about prayer for the next few quotes, and then we're going to switch into the meditation portion. But a lot of people ask me, how do I pray? You know, Or they stick to traditional ways of praying, which is totally fine too. I find that other there are a bunch of people who also have learned traditional prayers but don't find them that meaningful anymore and want permission to be able to pray for themselves or have no connection to any religion or pr- traditional practice and don't know how to do it or what the good of it is. I think one of the exercises that I really enjoy and I've heard from many people is really beautiful is to kind of do a, a pray and talk walk and talk, where you set a timer for 10 minutes or 15 or 30 minutes and just talk to God, talk to the universe, talk to whatever, and just keep talking and allow yourself to say whatever you need to say, to whatever you're yearning for, whatever you're grateful for, whatever comes out, just keep talking for the for however long you set the timer for. Check it out and see how it works. I mean, the rules that have been taught to us are totally arbitrary. They're supposed to be helpful for us. And if that they work, then great. And if they don't, then we should find other ways. The rules are not they're not written in stone, I guess. They're not God-given. They're just human beings trying to figure it out. Quote number four. We're free to pray any way we choose. Ah, there you go. We're free to pray any way we choose, standing, sitting, kneeling, closed-eyed, eyes open, lying in bed, or walking down a dirt path through the woods, unquote. Yeah, do whatever feels good to you. I think that's the 
that's what the point I'm hoping to drive home here is there's no right and wrong. You're getting that from a rabbi, a real life rabbi is telling you, do it however you feel like it. There's no right or wrong here. Just do it. Quote number five, prayer doesn't need to be complicated. We can talk silently, directing our thoughts to God, or we can talk aloud as we would to a person. We don't have to change our language to talk to God. We don't have to be someone or something we're not. We can be who we are with God. We can say what we need to say when we need to say it, unquote. Yeah, just do it as you are. A lot of people ask why, especially before they've done the steps, why it's important. Do it. Try it out for 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, and see how it transforms you. See how it allows you an opportunity to express yourself. And then you can evaluate whether you want to keep doing that or not. But try a bunch of different ways, too. Quote number six, praying is how we keep ourselves, our souls, connected to God. It's where change begins, unquote. I do feel like this is true for a lot of people, connecting to the unseen reality, the thing that connects us to all there is and to one another, to ourselves, reminding ourselves that we are connected, inextricably connected to that force, I think that is part of the power of prayer is reminding ourselves that we are part of something bigger, part of the universe, part of the source of all things, and that we can actually tap into that power for our strength. Meditation is also important. It's a little bit different than prayer, I think. It could be the same, but it also could be separate. Quote number seven, however and whenever we do it, The goal of meditation is to quiet ourselves and our thoughts, relax, become centered and peaceful, and tune into God and ourselves. We rid ourselves of the chaos, tension, and fear that so often accompany living. We let go of it all and are still." Yeah, I like that definition. And yeah, it takes time to do it. It takes some amount of effort and intention to do it. But we're learning to quiet ourselves. And the more we do it, the easier we're able to access that calm and peace and quiet. It's like building a muscle that is then there for us in moments when we really need it. Quote number eight, meditation, I've discovered, is no more a waste of time than stopping to put gas in our car. Unquote. Yeah. I mean, I love that quote, especially because there is a feeling of in the moments when we're busy that, oh, I don't have time to meditate today. And there's a commonly quoted, I mean, I don't know if it's Zen or I don't know where I heard it. I've heard it so many times in so many contexts, I don't know where it came from. And they say, when you're feeling good, meditate for, I don't know, they say half an hour. When you, when you are not feeling good, when you're feeling anxious, and you feel like you don't have any time to meditate, meditate double. And there is, it's like a tongue-in-cheek way of saying it, but I guess the way that it, it works is if you think of it more like putting gas in your tank of your car or charging up your car if you're driving electric, I think it gives you the sense of this is not something that is 
optional. If I don't stop now and charge my car or fill up my car with gas, I will then be stuck. I won't be able to move forward. And there's a way in which those moments when we're really hurried, we feel like, no, maybe I can skip it. But you can't skip it. They, they're trying to drive home the metaphor that in the moments that you're really stressed out, it's not something to skip. And what I found to be true is the moments when I'm feeling most anxious, when I then, instead of skipping the meditation, I double down on the meditation, then actually what happens is the time when I'm not meditating becomes more productive, more focused. I'm able to get more done in less time, actually. So it's something about suspending that rat race mentality that actually allows us to then be more productive. Quote number nine. We build a connection to God by building a connection to ourselves. Unquote. When we're connected, we live more freely, I think. That's, uh, and you yourself is the only way you can connect to God. So that's the way to do it, right? I guess you could connect through other people, but you still need to be there. So I guess you can't deny that, right? Quote number 10. It means I can trust the flow. I can trust myself. I can trust God. When it's time, I shall be empowered to do that which I need to do. I shall receive the insights, the help, the ability, the growth, the guidance when it's time. If I can't do it yet, then it's not time. Unquote. I think this, is, this just speaks to that feeling of sometimes we have urgency in practice, in, in growth, to, to feel like we're not there yet. But if you're not there yet, you're not meant to be there yet. And sort of giving yourself an opportunity to trust the process, to trust how things are, how you are, to trust your divine, whatever you call God, that what you need to see, you'll see when you need to see it. The tools you need will come by showing up, by continuing to do the work. You'll get the guidance you need as you need it. If it's not ready yet, then it won't be there. And when it is time, you'll have everything you need. And instead of feeling like we need to control or manipulate, we can just go with the flow, trust, breathe, and then start to feel like, quote, 11. Something is happening. Something good is being worked out in and around us. Something important. We're learning our lessons, and we will continue to learn them. When it's time, we will be empowered to do all that we are meant to do. We can relax and go with the flow, unquote. We can start to feel like and trust. Something is happening. I, I don't know if you can resonate with this, but there are so many times in the last year of program where I've felt like I'm going through some difficult time, going through some difficulty in relationship, in setting boundaries, in taking care of myself, in reframing my mindset, but it's the right kind of problem. It's as if I, I could feel like 
the there was something growing. I was growing through these things. These were challenges that weren't just challenges for the challenge's sake. It wasn't just difficulty. It was actually a process of of growth and learning that was actually productive in the direction that I needed to go in. And I could just relax. I'm getting what I need to get. It's happening. I'm doing the best I can, and I can just let go of everything else. And I think this is why step 11 is in the maintenance steps of 10, 11, 12, because it's ongoing, it's forever, and we sometimes just need to ask ourselves, is this the kind of challenge that moves me in the direction of where I want to go? Quote number 12, we can relax and go with the flow even when the flow hurts, even when we're not certain where it's taking us. The hard times will not last forever. The confusion will not last forever. Clarity will come. The answer will come. The darkness of our soul will leave and daylight will come. When you're aware of this, sorry, I had to unquote after daylight will come. When you become aware of this, then you stop fearing the darkness. And this is the promise that the daylight will come that however hard of a time you're in, it will be lifted. If you feel confused, you will eventually find clarity. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I can see all the obstacles in my way. Right? It's a sweetness. It's feeling... I may not be able to see it now, but I will. And that's the promise of the 12 steps of this process of recognizing the peaks and valleys, the flow that even in times when we're not feeling so great, that we just let it flow. It'll move. It'll shift as long as we're moving in the right direction. Quote 13. Sometimes meditation does not work instantly or immediately. I can meditate and feel almost as chaotic when I finished as when I started. But we can trust these behaviors and keep them anyway, unquote. This is part of trusting the process of doing the right actions that lead to the consequences that we favor. This is true with our mentality and the, well, how we nourish our minds with the food that we put in our body with the exercises that we do, with program and returning to program, it's these actions lead to the consequences I favor. The meditation may not feel good every time. The exercise may not feel every good every time. The food that we're eating may not be the most deliciousest, whatever, that's not even a word, that existed every single time. But if we're doing the right things on the right steps, then eventually we're going to see the results. We trust the behaviors and keep them even when they don't always feel the best. Quote 14. I used to think that following God's will for my life meant following a rigid set of rules, instructions, and prohibitions. I used to think following God's will meant I needed to be perfect. Now I've learned that's codependency. Unquote. For all those perfectionists, people who grew up with restrictive religions, 
it's abusive. <laughs> it's abusive of yourself. It's abusive of, I think, many of those traditions. And I think it's an overstep of the reality that we don't know. We're human beings. We don't really know, okay? We're going to try to do our best we can to get some rules and instructions and you know guidelines together. But at the end of the day, God's will for us cannot be codified like that. Right back to that Ram Das quote, it's be dedicated to the truth that's coming up for you as it's coming up. And I think a lot of times codependence, if you're anything like me, you kind of get this feeling like, if I just do X, Y, and Z, then God is going to give me the things I need and I want. Like, if I just follow these X, Y, and Z rules and program and laws and religious edicts, and that's manipulation at the highest order. It's thinking if I just make myself into something I'm not, then I'll be loved instead of just being who you are and knowing that you're loved as you are. And that's it. Do your best you can. Quote 15. All we need will come to us. All the good we desire, the love we want, the success, the friends, the healing, the meeting of needs, big and small, will come. Unquote. When we are open to the possibility, it, became, it creates the reality. And everything we need, desire, all the things that we want and need in love, in friendship, in success, in healing, it'll all come. We trust that. We keep doing the process. We do what's in our power on a daily basis. And that's how we get it done, how we do our part. Quote 16, we can trust that each day we are exactly where we need to be and where we are meant to be. Unquote. This can be a mantra that you can give to yourself. You can write it down. I trust that each day I'm exactly where I need to be. Or even just write, I am exactly where I need to be and where I'm meant to be right now. It can calm you down, allow you to do what's in your power now, today, and then let go of all the other things that you can't actually control that you may be spending or wasting time on so that you can actually do what's in your power and continue the process. Quote 17, trust God, trust ourselves, and trust our lives. God never, never asks us to do anything that God does not equip and supply us to do. If we're to do it, we'll be empowered. That's the easy part of this program. We never have to do more than we can. We never have to do anything we can't. We never have to do anything before it's time. And when it's time, we will do it. Unquote. We're learning to trust in these programs, in this program, in step 11 on a daily basis as we continue the process. We trust what's trustworthy. We trust the people who have earned the trust. We place faith in what deserves our faith, in God, in ourselves, in this moment, in doing our best, and that's it. And if you need help, 
with this step, I'm here. Keep coming back. It works if you work it and you're worth it. I'll see you in step 12. To stay updated on new episodes, subscribe on iTunes or follow on Facebook.com slash Rabbi Shulk. That's Rabbi Shulk, R-A-B-B-I-S-H-O-L-K.